Welcome to the Hail to the District podcast with your host, Rajan Nanavati. Welcome to the Hail to the District podcast. He's Pat, I'm Rajan, and there was absolutely no fucking way we were not going to drop an immediate post-game reaction podcast after the Washington football team defeated the previously unbeaten Pittsburgh Steelers, emphasis on previously unbeaten Pittsburgh Steelers, by a score of 23-17, to 17, picking up Washington's biggest win, arguably, in years. I, I don't even know when was the last time we picked up a win of this magnitude. Um, as we were just joking about moments ago before we started the podcast, uh, there's there's so many different thoughts racing in my head right now. I just, I kind of set slack jawed at the end of the game, especially after John Bostick's interception on the batted pass. Um, I, I'm going to start with this particular one and we'll kind of dive in from the rest, but Pat, you and I have talked pretty extensively about the idea of the upgrade in number of wins between Jay Gruden and Ron Rivera or the, uh, the upgrade between Jay Gruden and Ron Rivera and what would that would translate into in a number of wins. You and I put it ballpark around three, given the team was roughly the same, maybe some changes here or there or whatever, right? Tonight was, in my opinion, kind of a testament to that, right? Like the fact that Pittsburgh spent the first 29 minutes of the game absolutely just suffocating us, right? Like they just put our face down in the pillow and they were like, you're going to die. You're going to die without doing anything and without ever leaving the spot. And then, you know, this has been a second half team for much of the season. And just, we slowly started chipping away. And when you start slowly chipping away and you get to the death by paper cut and eventually the knockout punch did come in multiple forms, which we'll get into, you got to a point where we outscored Pittsburgh 20 to three in the second half. You outscored the 11 and 0 Pittsburgh Steelers, who many argued was the second best, if not the best team in football by a score of 20 to three over the last 30 minutes in Pittsburgh on Monday night, which has been a house of horrors for Washington. I don't know how much more emphasis you can put on the fact of how how awesome this win was just by those facts alone, in addition to everything else we'll talk about. Yeah, I mean, I'm still wearing my Stephen Davis jersey. Uh, I actually started with my Sean Taylor. I started with my Sean Taylor jersey uh, and wore it for the whole first half, but it's a burgundy jersey. So I ditched it. Because it's white, white. The, Yeah, I went, to the, I went to the white Stephen Davis jersey that – uh, I got on eBay and it doesn't say Redskins on it anywhere. Um, yeah, for like dollars. So yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, but look, I, I don't know when the last time uh, we won this big. Wow, what a throw! I don't know the last time we won a game this big of this magnitude. The closest I can think of is when we whipped the Packers on Monday Night Football a few years That's ago the one with a lot Kurt. Of come back too. Um, but even that, that like. Like, we thought we were going to go on a roll-off thing, and we didn't. The fact that it's a Monday night game on the road against a Super Bowl contender that is 11-0 that we haven't beaten 39 years. In fact, last time we played them on Monday, and we came out with different uniforms, which we, we rocked the all-burgundy in one of Jim Zorn's games, we got Molly Loft at home. So it's just, it's just a new, fun um, feeling, and, like, Alex Smith is a, is a, is a winner. I don't think we can uh, say that enough. And the defense just, like, if we were going to win that game, the defense had to ball out, and they balled out. And then to your coaching point, the only thing I'll leave you with is down double digits at a half on the road, and then first drive we go right down and score and set, and then force, I think, a three and out immediately. Yes. I mean, we set the, we set the tone immediately sure it was. in the second half. Um, and, again, that comes back to coaching. Uh, the whole – all year we've been saying how much better – a second half team we've been because of adjustments. McKissick touched the ball one time in the first half, I think, and then was all over the field in the second half. Um, so, dude, I'm, I was jumping up and down. I'm going to have to work really late now because I didn't do any work. Uh, and um, it's just uh, – it's awesome. I, so I, jo- I texted you before the game that I, I'm not going to do this podcast night. We have our entire 2021 planning session tomorrow at work. And then the day after I'm leading basically a marketing and team-wide sales training that I have not done. I haven't started the deck on yet. And I have to lead like the entire team-wide training for everyone. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm recording this podcast tonight. I don't give a shit. Uh, I'll figure it out. If I don't sleep tonight, it's worth it given everything that, that transpired this evening. Um, you alluded to it for those who didn't see the tweet. This is the first time the Washington franchise, however you want to name it or however you want to call it, has beaten Pittsburgh since the 1991 season. Since the fucking 1991 season rip and throw into the posse and we were outscoring everyone by 100 and we went on to win the Super Bowl. That's the last time we beat Pittsburgh. So just kind of put, take that into consideration. Um, 
so I, I was joking kind of before the game in my moment of pessimism that I was saying that even when it was 14 to three, and then I don't remember, I can't remember, I think it was 17 to 10 or something that the Pittsburgh cut it to because that kicker who just kind of walked off the street and they signed him he kicked a field goal and everybody's like oh my god it's his first ever field goal in the nfl and i'm like just what kind of you know watch he's going to come back and you know kick the game-winning field goal against us and you joked you were like well we gotta score a touchdown first at that point given momentum i genuinely believe we were going to score a touchdown like i genuinely i i, I just i was like it's it's coming i i don't consider this to be a matter of it or when i consider this or if i consider it to be a matter of when it just felt like that's the way the the cards are shifting even though we still had a couple of fits and starts in the second half um even without Antonio Gibson, even without Terry McLaurin. I mean, Terry McLaurin played in this game, but as I think it was Doc Walker tweeted during the game, he said, look, this guy's not 100%. He's not even probably anywhere close. Like, he's suited up, and there's somebody with the name Terry McLaurin wearing a Terry McLaurin jersey on the field. But this is not the Terry McLaurin we've seen for the first 12 weeks of the season right now. Like, it's, it's just not the same guy because he's, he's dinged up significantly. And even though he had a long week or recovery, it's still he was still very questionable leading into the game, even until, like, yesterday or something. Like, yeah, it's a high likelihood. But all of that notwithstanding, I mean, think of think of the way Terry, so many, Terry was not and Terry caught the first pass of the game and I'm, I don't did he have two catches I don't he had two the in the one. first half because they said something like two for 14 or something like that and I think he might he have dropped had, he dropped that ball uh at the end of the first half I think it was that was Terry's worst game as a Redskin by a mile I would I would be hard-pressed to disagree with you um but <laughs> think, of, <laughs> think about how many different people contributed to this win in so many different ways, shapes, and forms. Um, at the risk of segue, I'm just going to go ahead and jump into the three up and three down, unless you had anything else you kind of wanted to put before we go into there. Uh, no, but the Booze Hogs, my closest friends from a Redskins perspective, uh, all say hi. They wanted Hello to know if we were recording. And they're excited to hear your rants about the fan base. Big ups to the Booze Hogs. Uh, no, 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 no angry fan base <laughs> rants tonight. Uh, and I'm not going to be pissed off at them. I did tweet out one idiot Chiefs fan who was criticizing Mahomes and saying that the Chiefs were overrated. And I'm like, is no one happy? Is no one happy being a fan of their own football team? Because you're literally pissed off at Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Like, how? Do you know how I many other fans? I was going to say, how many other fan bases would kill for Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense? How many, how many teams are there? 32? There's 31 other teams. So it's basically 31 other yeah, teams. Would you? 31 others. Yeah, 31 others. Um so we talked about this from a three up, three down. We were talking about it during the game, but we kind of switched gears. Um, I originally had Chase Young as one of my three up. I'm going to switch him to honorable mention just because I believe somebody else is a little more worthy of the three up. But another monster game from Chase Young. The fourth down stop on, uh, on the things Benny Snell's dive where he just basically blows past Eric Ebron. I shouldn't say blows past because that implies Eric Ebron did anything. Eric Ebron just stopped, stood there with his, with his hand on his taint and didn't really, you know, get out of his position but obviously young still to crash down wrap his legs up and bring him down before the guy dove over the line of scrimmage incredible play there are probably at least another half dozen instances where young was just fucking shit up that i'm missing right now just because i haven't come through my notes during the game but um uh, just an excellent excellent performance the, the fucking moron redskins fans there's your rant for the booze hogs are going to say that uh, oh you didn't have any sacks tonight it always it, comes <laughs> you know sacks tonight and i'm like again you box score watching morons did you not see his impact on the game and if you didn't then you're just you know you know take a long walk off a short cliff right like he was he was tremendous tonight so um another monster game from him the sacks are going to come I love how much he cares. I love how much he wants to play his best in the, in the, in the biggest moments. Um, just enough, love Chase Young. Just, I can't say enough good things about him. Yeah, he, he actually just tweeted, lol. <laughs> That's all it said. Um, I love him too. I, I'm like already – I love – I mean, he's – A, he's a freak, right? He's right. really good. Uh, but I, you're totally right, dude. He just – he loves football and he loves the team. Not, not like – I'm not calling us a team. He just loves his team. Um, but I actually don't think he was the best player on the field tonight. I think Montez Sweat was the best player on the so field. So Montez Sweat took Chase Young's spot. It's hard not to take Sweat Montez Sweat. I'll let you go into Sweat. It's awesome. Uh, I mean, he constantly wins at the line of scrimmage. He, I think coming into this game, he was the highest graded uh, edge player in the league. I would put 91% confidence on that. Um, and then tonight, he must have batted like – I don't know four balls in the air. Yeah, I'm gonna go. Um, I mean, he had the he had the one the first half, which was kind of reminiscent of his pick, which he like. Even the announcer, uh, 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 Moose Johnson, was like, "I wouldn't have, I wouldn't throw that play anymore because of how freakish uh, Sweat is." But then in the uh, the his best play of the game, I mean, yes, he batted the ball in the air that Bostic picked. That is the play of the game because it led us to win. 
But his best play came at the goal line, which that goal line stand, like, yes, it was a goal line stand. We also stopped him like seven times because of that stupid penalty from Tim Settle. Uh, but on the third down play where they try to get a little tricky releasing a tackle. Was it second end. down or third down? Because I was going to call that out as well. They released second the tackle with the fat offensive lineman, and he it chucked him to kind of disrupt the timing. It of the chucked play. him. It disrupted everything. Yep. Uh, and then not only that, but then you got an offensive lineman stumbling with a play like kind of off. And the honestly, the Steelers are lucky he didn't bat it in the air and we pick it off. Um, yeah. It, and then the ensuing play, he did something. I can't remember to go back, but he had another play. He broke up the pass, I think, on the next play as well. So he had back-to-back plays on that goal line stand. Just think about – I texted the boots. I was just in the middle of the game. Our basically entire defense is coming back next year. Uh, Allen, Payne, Sweat, Young. Uh, we'll see what happens with Kerrigan. Kerrigan. I think he generally likes being here. I know there's a rumor he asked for trade, which – Kime actually confirmed, so he definitely did at some point ask for a trade, but I think he generally likes being here. Fuller's here for a long time. Uh, you know, I think Darby re-signs. Um, I honestly, I think all those guys buy into the culture. Everett and uh, Reeves and um, Curl. Curl, like, will all be back uh, and are playing great. Like, they're not changing the game. They're not you know, these freaking Mika Fitzpatrick type players, but we've been so bad at the safety position just to have some stability there is nice. Curl's a tackling machine, dude. Curl's he's, a, he's his, a hitter. He's a he's, he's yeah, such he's a, hitter. a hitter. And then linebacker wise, I, I would imagine we'd probably go get someone. That's uh, but the Holcomb, biggest spot where they're gonna go upgrade in the offseason. It yeah. has to be given how much that yeah. uh, that Rivera's talked about. I mean Davis is Davis is gone. Right. Um I don't know if KPL how many years he's signed for. I think uh, he's Holcomb's still in our contract. Yeah. Uh, but my point is, like, we have two of the best defensive ends in football, and they're here for a long time. Uh, you know, four more years at minimum after this, because we'll pick up the worst case, we'll pick up Chase's uh, fifth-year option. Or, no, Sweat's fifth-year option. Um, you're going to have to figure out what to do from a payment stru- structure. I bicker with my friends all the time about this. They really want Allen. I say Payne. I don't think you can go wrong. I tend to agree uh, with you. Allen is more locker room. Payne is more production. Yeah. I, I also, though, I don't think there's a wrong answer. Right. Um, so that's great. Uh, I don't know where I, we're on. I know we're in the three up. Young was great. I thought, I thought Sweat was the best player on the One field. thing that I want to highlight about Sweat in particular, of course, the batted pass at the end of the game. Did you see how high up he got when he reached his hand? He I mean, free. it was he literally, it must have been nine and like when he, because he reached his hand all the way up. It must have been nine and a half feet in the air. It must have been, right? Because it, it was just incredible. It looked like a condor the way he had, he, he, like he, his hand was extended. Um, just every single week, he makes plays. He's disruptive. On a, on a week-in, week-out basis, there's not much more you can ask from him. Just couldn't say enough good things about him. I mean, he – let's not forget, he is like 6'6". He's probably put on some weight since he's been in, since he's been in the league. So 4'4'1 four, four, like, at the Combine. 4'4'1. Four, yeah, four, he four, four, one. He's 6'6 six, six and probably 270. Right. Some uh, 10% of that to, percentage. And he has a 36-inch vert. I mean, he's a specimen. <laughs> Um, and he balls out like every game. And I like – this goes back to the Chase Young thing. Chase Young demands so much attention that Young is – or not Young. Uh, Sweat right. is now reaping the reaping the benefits of it. Um, I also – this is way off topic, and he's not on either one of our three ups. I'm going to give Moreland a shout-out. He got hosed I on thought that, about you the whole hosed, time. He got hosed on that, hold, on that holding call. He missed a couple tackles, but nothing nearly as bad as Fuller and Everett. Uh, and generally – was in the right spot at the right time. I love and watching Moreland play. He is because if there's like when they when another team throws a rocket screen or smoke screen or bubble screen or whatever screen you want to type of call those things, he's always there. And seven, eight out of ten times he makes it. Two out of ten times he might miss a tackle. Like he does that one thing was Jalen Samuels kind of like did the leapfrog or something or kind of like did a hurdle or whatever. And like Moreland was still in really good position. He, he was excellent. I, I love – he may not be, like, the best, like, corner corner, but, like, I just love how he's, much he's willing yeah, to play. He's never going to be, like, one of our starters, right? Or maybe maybe in the slot, but he's never going to be one of our top two corners. 
but he's great at what he does. He's not a Dion type of corner, right? Like he is, he, he wants to go in and mix it up. And I, I think that's great. I mean, you need, there's so few of those types of corners in the NFL. And I think going back to Curl and those other guys, um, as Brian Baldinger called it out a couple of weeks ago or something like that. Oh. It's, like, it, it's love watching those guys just go in and want to mix it up and, and, and do the, we're here to fuck shit up type of mentality. Like I just love watching that. It's, it's, it's so much fun to watch. Yeah, switching gears to the to the uh, to the offense, um, I think you could give ups to a few people on offense because I'm shocked that we scored 23 points against theirs. Uh, and like Turner, to his credit, and Turner in the second half switched it to McKissick, and like the offense took off because of it. So shout out to him. Uh, but we have two, and I'll start with one, and we can segue into the second one. I mean, Cam Sims, for lack of a better term, put the team on his back there for a little while. <laughs> Several uh, the play in the first half, or not in the half, but like put us in a field goal position. Also, parentheses like I don't know how QBR is going to rank Alex Smith stealing the ball on the field, but that's the most savvy move I've ever seen. That was actually uh, rather genius, wasn't it? Now, I will say there was a moment where he looked, turned around, tried to hand the ball to somebody. There was nobody there, and he said, "Well, fuck it, I'll just take it with me." Then this other referee like kind of ran over to him and like held his hands up, like giving the ball, and Smith didn't. Now, I don't know if Smith could play it off like I didn't hear him, but Smith also Two brutal it. sacks followed by the smartest decision of, of the season. Um, but Sims had a long – I mean, he – I don't – I need to look at the stats. Did he have over 100 yards? All three of his catches went for at least 20 yards. Uh, 92. Um, 90, say three catches for 92 yards? Five catches one, for 92 yards. Okay, and one semi-bad drop, uh, which gave me anxiety because they didn't have to burn a timeout. Uh, also shout out Dustin Hopkins going three for three. Uh, but Sims played great. Uh, and, you know, I don't know. We need to, I've been saying it all year. We need to, we need to go get a receiver. Uh, but Sims tip the cap. He balled out against what the giants of, uh, earlier in the year. Um, I think he had a really good game against the lions, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and then, you know, he was great today. Five catches, 92 yards as a two receiver, like especially when they took Terry completely away. You need players like that to step up, and uh, and Cam did. So he's also a lot better than Steve Sims. 110 against the Giants, 54 against the Lions, um, quiet day against the Bengals, and then 92 today. Yeah. Great. He's a lot better than Steve, I'll tell you that much. Plays his ass off, um, blocks really hard when he's on the field. Love watching that. But more importantly – he, I hate this football cliche, but it, 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 it couldn't be a more apropos here. He makes plays, right? The 30-yard catch and run. There was another big catch and run early in the second half, right, which kind of, again, put the, gave the team some momentum. I can't remember where, where that drive ended. Um, I, I thought it would have been the icing on the cake if it held on to that last pass. Obviously, he dropped it. The one that was like 207 left in the game that forced, us, forced the clock to stop, which means we had, they got the two-minute warning as a free timeout. Um, that would have just iced the, you know, iced the game and put us in an even better position and um, put him over the hundred yards mark, but he was excellent. And it's particularly going back to the comment I was making earlier about other players stepping up in the context of Terry being hurt, Gibson being out, all of those types of things. Um, yeah. He was amazing. And, and just, and the between the legs catch for only four yards, but like that was ridiculous, right? Like it was, it was, it was just bonkers that Dude, he caught that pass. He had that, that, yeah, that one handed catch was sick. I mean, he was um, just – And it was pass interference, which wasn't called, which we'll get to in a little bit. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, hell of a catch. And it basically – I mean, it set us up to win the game. Yeah, and exactly. The, the long one-hander that, that set us right in that one as well. Um, awesome. Um, and I will take it to your, your number one favorite player on the Washington football team. Super um, spreader. L Logan Thomas. Um, the entire first half – whatever Washington produced on offense was because they just threw the ball to Logan Thomas. Literally the entire first half, the only thing, and I mean the O-N-L-Y, only thing they could execute in the first half offensively was throw the ball to Logan Thomas. Um, he obviously had several big catches that I'm missing. You know what was one of the stupid things that, that really stuck out to me in terms of like highlighting it was when he picked up the fumble um, or like he recovered the fumble. It was McKissick was the fumble. The Dude, football. Watt, Watt had that ball in his hands. And Thomas took it right. And I think that 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 drive ended in nothing, but it still prevented a turnover, right? Like a genuine turnover. Um, the the um, he obviously had the wide open touchdown, which our good friend is. And I think I mentioned him in our three down. I can't remember if I did or not. But uh, Jeremy Sprinkle, who set up the, who is otherwise oh the Troy Apke, the Troy Apke of the offense, and the second worst 
football player in all of the NFL, only behind Troy Apke. Like Troy Apke is unabashedly the worst football player in the entire NFL, and Jeremy Sprinkle is the second worst football player in the entire NFL. And I dare anyone to say otherwise because you can't. Um, but he, so he had that pick. He kind of rubbed off two Steelers, and Thomas was wide open. The catch that put the the team that put Washington in deep into the red zone where like, I think there was a stealer over him and un- underneath him and he still caught that ball and it brought him down the two yard line. Then I think Barber punched it in on fourth down or whatever. Um, also big shout out to Ron for finally going for it on the fourth down situations and, and not, I thought he, I thought he that. Not, uh, not shying away from them. Um, we'll save my other fourth down situation rant for when we get to the down, the downers, cause it's your, it's one of your other boys. Um, but yeah, like, um, Thomas was just a beast. I mean, Thomas is very Jekyll and Hyde. We said this a thousand times, so pardon the cliche, but like this was the he was sick today. Dr. Jekyll days. I mean, he had that one-handed catch to start, and then that fumble recovery. I totally forgotten about it. It's a great call. That ball was in Watt's hands, and they would have had the ball at like the twenty-five yard line, um, or wherever we were. I know we were on their side of the field, so thank God you recovered it. And that in the touchdown, he obviously was wide open. Uh, Man, it pains me to say this, but there's some days yeah, he looks been, like a Pro Bowl tight end, man. I know there's some days he looks been, like an ass. He's been good. He's been good. Right? Like I he's guess a little older, some... which kind of sucks. But he hasn't really. I mean, similar he's to twenty nine. He's not that old. I know, but what I was gonna say is like, it's almost like Gibson in the sense that like, yeah, he's twenty nine, but he hasn't played. Yeah. Hasn't, you know, he's pretty fresh. There's still mileage. Um, I mean, there's Strelitz head on the tire. Yeah. So, I mean, I, again, I, I am all in on upgrading this offense with a wide receiver and drafting a tight end that could be sweet. Uh, but I will say I was wrong on, on Thomas. Doesn't mean I got to like him, but I was wrong. Uh, he was great today. Yeah, it's my stance and, on Ronald Darby. Yeah, 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 exactly. Darby's, Darby's been pretty damn good. Right. Um, uh, all this guy, too, I just – I remember thinking to myself, why the hell are we not doing anything in free agency? And then kind of coming back to being like, well, we're not good anyway, so who cares? Maybe these guys are okay. And all these guys are doing stuff to make us good. I mean, think about our, one of our biggest name signings was Thomas Davis, who's done a whole lot of nothing. Yeah, Davis is garbage. Right? I mean, that guy's got cement blocks in his shoes. Like, he, he runs the 40-yard dash was, in an hour was, and 20 yeah, minutes. A, he was a straight locker room guy. Uh, yeah, can't be. He might as well just be a coach. He might as well just like wear a clip. I mean, hold a clipboard for the entire game because he's not contributing anything on the field. No, but I mean, I I know honorable. I'm going to give an honorable mention to shout out to McKissick. Uh, I like when Gibson went down. I thought we were going to score seven points. Uh, like you could tell early on, our whole offense was going to run through him. Uh, which is fair because the last few weeks our offense has run through him and he's been really fucking good. He's been fantastic. And then I didn't even notice he got hurt. And then they showed him coming out of a break on the sideline. And I was, but they were like, it looked like they were just taping his ankle. That's what I thought too. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess he's not that bad. And they were like, bad news. He's probably not playing. I was like, oh, no. Right. And then next, next play, I think we headed off to Barber. And I was like, oh, this is just going nowhere fast. Um, so kudos to McKissick in the second half. I think. I think Turner realized he was effing up by giving the ball to Barber so much and trying to throw the ball around. Just like McKissick is so sure-handed and he gets those extra yards and he's so fast. Um, it almost plays into our hands when we're down that way just because we can get the ball to him. Right. Uh, we just go to that hurry up, throw everything to McKissick, run the wide receiver, yeah. and open up the underneath stuff. And it's yeah. funny you say that because I've made a note. In my, one thing I did write, I think, several times in my notes – and I'm like, the, fa- the Steelers are basically keeping everybody within 15 yards of the line of scrimmage. They have a fast front seven. And they were basically like, I dare you to throw it underneath because um, we're going to blanket everybody. Or we dare you to throw it over our head because we know you're just going to throw underneath passes and we're going to blanket everybody. And that's why, like, literally, there was a Steeler on every single Washington defender for throughout the first half and I think ironically because Washington was down in the second half and they're like well shit we kind of have to overcompensate for the big play in case they try to do go over to the top on us that it spread open the defense a little bit and that's what opened up a lot of room for McKissick also kind of doing the old throw the game plan out the window and let's just let Smith kind of you know run the two-minute offense all game long and with a bunch of dump offs to McKissick and then you know finding Sims whenever available and Thomas whenever available um yeah I, I love McKissick. He's quietly been one of my favorite Washington players since the start of the season, since he started really getting some uh, uh, earnest timeshare. Um, 
I'm going to jump to the bad real quick, get those out of the way. Cause I don't want to dwell too much on the bad. I think the big thing. So we talked about the referees. Um, it's not Dude, really they bad. Are so bad. bad. I don't understand They're how they could be that bad. Today. The, the, the one that sticks out egregiously and there were many, so it shouldn't be like one in particular, but the Logan Thomas spot on the, on that, like that, when he reached the ball across, yeah. What what in what, Jesus, what are they looking in at? the name of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph were they looking at? It was could not be more painfully obvious. Most commentators go out of their way to make sure they don't disagree with the call on the field, and you could tell that like Moose and whoever well, the other Moose had. literally said, "Ooh, I don't know about that one." Right? Like it, like, yeah, it could not be any more painfully obvious. My wife, who isn't really good at those types of calls, walks in the room. She goes, "I don't understand. The ball is over the red thing. Why are they saying it's not over the red thing? Like anyone can see this." And I'm like, well, no, apparently not professional referees couldn't see that. So um, that, that was awful. Um, there were multiple bad spots. I mean, they, they just don't know. They didn't know. What they there was one really bad spot on the Steelers. I can't remember what it was, but they, they gave them a free yard or at least a free couple of feet for no good reason. I remember that. And I think it was, it was like a, it should have been a fourth and short or third and short. And they gave him a first down on it. But yes, there were multiple bad spots, multiple stupid calls. I think there was, was it, it was a holding on Jimmy Moreland. I'm like, I'm sorry. What part yeah, of that was the hold? Playing? The hold was on third down too. The I think they were like they ended up being inches short on fourth down. Uh, I think it I think it was Washington that the hold was called. I mean, uh, Moreland was holding Washington. James Washington. And, I mean, I like sure there was some contact, but like that wasn't again. Horrible. To your point, it, it, to your point, even the announcers they went out of their way multiple times. Be like, uh, I don't think that's a penalty. Right. And I mean, we won, so I don't really care. But like, those can add up. And it, it, it's such a fast game, I get it. But when they have that many bad calls or spots in a row in a game, it's like, dude, NFL's got an officiating problem. And I can't remember who caught the pass that led to the field goal for Washington the first half. But as soon as they caught the pass, and we real, and they were down. I think it was in the middle of the field. I think it was Logan Thomas actually. And um, and he was down the middle of the field, and it was like 13 seconds left, and like everyone's sprinting onto the field. I just said it four times, I'm like they're not going to get this off. They're not going to get this off. They're not going to get this off. And then like everything stopped, but then the clock stopped. The clock stopped, and the clock had two seconds left, and it was over. And it was just it made no sense. And then the referees like half exp- half ass explanation. Like I get the Alex Smith maneuver that we just talked about and stuff like that, but you can't allow that to happen. Like you're professional fucking referees. Like get your shit together, right? Like it, it was just. It, it was one of the most poorly officiated games I've watched in quite some time, and that I, I don't the, really overstate that. The call that the call that pissed me off, which ironically ended up not mattering because we ended up scoring on the drive, but it was coming out of it was the first play after uh, halftime, and they called Moses for hands to the face, and Chase Young or uh, Watts Lloyd falling what? down, and yeah. all all Moses does is push him to the ground, and yeah, he grazes the face mask, but like I was like, come on. I have watched Brian Arakpo get held like that way back in the day, at least five times a game, and it was never called, and that they called under Morgan Moses. I used to watch that, and that every, and then, every goddamn time. Then the false play. start next play. Right, exactly. Or, it was a false start, right? It was yeah, a false start delay. Logan game. Thomas, which it was a false start. It was a false start on Logan Thomas because he tried. He, oh, yeah, he yeah, definitely yeah. was a yeah. false start, but then he tried to sell it by like going in motion. <laughs> it, was actually, it was actually quite – I thought it was comical. Especially after Cam Sims, Cam Sims caught a third and nineteen pass and uh, um, ran all the way for a first down. Yeah, just just awful. And like, I try not to go out because I'm like, look at the end of the day, they're humans. I get it. Many times they're old and whatever. Like, I I just I tend to give it a pass because they tend to make errors for both sides or whatever. But like, it was pretty, pretty, pretty obviously and markedly terrible tonight. So I want to make sure that gets its moment in the spotlight. Um, the other the one, only play, the only but, player down is is Fuller. I mean, yeah, I was going to say, before we get to Fuller, because he's the only player down, you're 100% right. Um, in fact, we'll talk about Fuller, and we'll just get to the last one, because it's really not a player thing as well. But, like, um, you mentioned Thomas having his best – was Thomas having his best game as a member of Washington, or maybe it was Alex Smith. I can't remember what he said. But um, Logan. it was Logan Thomas. Uh, Kendall Fuller had his worst game as a member of the Washington football team. I don't, I don't think it was particularly Oh, no, close. I said Terry. I said Terry, not Logan. Oh, yeah, you said Terry had his worst game as a member of the Washington football team. I thought – Kendall Fuller, far and away. Now, even, I'll even count his rookie season if you want to do that. This was the worst I've seen Kendall Fuller play in quite some time. Like, he was the yeah, first I one mean, who missed the tackle on James Washington, like, catch and run. He um, he got burned by – I think it was Deontay Johnson on the first touchdown. Like, that was a pretty basic route, and he got fooled a, a, a couple of times. Or I don't think he got fooled on that. I, don't, that ball was out before the guy was in his break. 
And yeah, it was, it was a greatly it was a great thrown ball, but like I don't know, we've expected a lot from Fuller, and we've seen him make plays very similar to that. And I just totally. maybe you look at it from the lens of like you know when a corner gets beat, then it obviously everything is magnified. But from my perspective, um, yeah, I, I don't think Fuller has uh, Fuller was one of the sore spots in the game tonight. Yeah, I mean at the same time though, he's I agree. I don't think he played well. That missed tackle was really bad. Uh, did get beat for the touchdown. Oh, I guess both touchdowns were on him. Yep. Uh, but at the end of the day, he's been good all year. So. Yeah. As I said, I mean, Pro Bowl corner, Pro Bowl caliber, could legitimately go to the Pro Bowl this year. I think he's top, yeah. very high up there in fan votes. Not that, that really means anything um, or means a whole lot of anything. Uh, that's that. And then I'll, I'll – the final point was um, for was injuries, and in particular to Gibson because we don't know how long that's going to be because they mentioned turf toe. I didn't think that's what turf toe was, but I don't really know what turf toe actually is. Um, but Nobody if that does. is, that could be a lingering thing, especially if you're a running back. And then Scherf. The way Brandon Scherf landed on that hop or whatever, like that's the type of way knee tendons tend to get blown out because when you have 330 pounds falling on one small joint like that, like that's how things pop. Um, I don't know. Offensive linemen are tough as hell, so they can walk off basically anything. Like his leg could be sawed off and he could probably walk it off. Um, but obviously if he's gone for any period of time, A, that's a bad thing because you just lost Brandon Sheriff, and B, oh God, Wes Martin's back on the field. And immediately when Wes Martin returned on the field, you could see pressure up the middle and Alex Smith having Wes Martin's ass being walked into him in the pocket. Yeah, Sheriff, um, Sheriff and Moses are so critical, but Sheriff, I think in particular, because he can help Rue out and Smith is just not mobile. So like we have to create some sort of pocket for him. Yep. And I think I think it was legitimately the second play. Like I think Martin played two snaps, and it was the second snap that watched Bull rush the shit out of him, um, or whoever it was. And I thought it was a fumble initially. They rolled it incomplete, but um, Smith got rocked. I think he yes. even texted me, "How's that not roughing?" Smith got I thought that should have been roughing. I actually, I, I'm, I'm very yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. I thought that should have been roughing because I mentioned launched his feet and went helmet first. But that's neither here nor there for the purposes. But another shit refereeing. But that I mean that play happened literally as soon as Scherf went out of the game. And, like, the way I looked at the game today, this is more, I guess, for, like, thoughts on the game, is we – like, Sharp could not play right tackle today. It had to be Moses with Watt. And it was the kind of game where I, I told myself, like, Watt's going to get his. We oh, just yeah. kind of limit – we're just going to have to limit, like, the actual effect he has on the game. And he definitely affected the game. Don't get me wrong. I can't help but think of what this game would be like if Lucas doesn't come back and we or have Sean Dupree right was there for the Steelers. Yeah. Well, yeah, regardless. So I guess they kind of counterbalance there, but the only way I think we had a chance on it is Moses played right tackle because why would have torched Sharp? And by and large, Lucas did fine. Like, I'm sure, like, obviously didn't. Lucas did fine every time he's played. But, like, Watt did probably bounced around on the left side to the right side of the defense. Or, yeah, I guess the left side to the right side because the right side of him would be for the left side of us. And um, you didn't see or hear Lucas getting killed. There's only one play that I watched. I was like, ooh, Lucas got beat really bad there. But it didn't really mean anything, right? Like, it didn't result in anything. But, like, I just happened to kind of catch out the corner of my eye that Lucas got beat. But otherwise, it was by some – it was by, like uh, – it was by no one in particular. So, um, yeah. Uh, if Scherf is gone and we're forced to play West Martin for any period of time, because we've already got Schweitzer who stepped in originally for West Martin, meaning we're pretty. Hey, Lucas, is, Lucas is on IR. He's done. Sadiq. Oh, Sadiq Charles. Uh, yes. Sadiq yes, Charles. Charles. Right. So we got nobody else to play on the inside. So it's got to be West Martin and, and heaven help us all. If that's the case. Cause like that guy sucks. Yeah, like, that guy sucks screwed. a lot. Yeah. We're screwed. I mean, it sucks that Martin sucks too. Cause I had high hopes for Martin. I was kind of excited. Really thought he was another season. Kyle Smith gem. Yeah. I mean, he played decently last year, and this year he's just awful. Yeah, I don't know what happened. Maybe, maybe, maybe he played decently because we lined up in freaking wishbone and ran counter trays the whole time with old Bill Callahan. Um, but yeah, I mean, just like we just beat. I just like I'm gonna say this at. I had a lot of joy, a lot of joy shit talking my 11 year old. You should, because he's such a big talk to kids, man. Um. The uh, yeah, he's, yeah, I feel bad for him. He's, he was so into it. Uh, but my brother texted our family threads and said, Pat deserves this one. <laughs> it's like, he's a Cubs fan. He's a, he's a, uh, so he's seen, he's in a World Series. He's a, he's a basically all Pittsburgh fan except for the Cubs. Except for the Cubs. Uh, so he's seen a lot of victories in his life. 
So I got one. I took out one on him. Too. Oh yeah, big. Yeah. That's his. That's his team. That's like he watches every penguin. No, um, that's gross. Um, I know. I know we're off the ups, and I I alluded to giving him a shout out earlier, but I'm gonna say it again. A lot of people wanted Hopkins cut, and he hasn't kicked the ball extremely well this year. But he's been a good kicker for a long time. Rivera stuck with him, and he he was nails today. I mean, three for three, all 45 yards are deep. And two of them, like, pressure-packed kicks. And if he missed the last – exactly, to the pressure-packed point, if he missed the last one, that's exactly the momentum the Steelers need to walk down to go get the, to go get the game-tying field goal, right? Yeah. That's a six-point swing. If you don't think a team can go get in field goal range in 15 seconds, just Ask go the Detroit the Lions. Game. Yeah, exactly. So shout out to Hopkins because I think uh, kicker is probably the worst position for a mental standpoint in the in the NFL. And he, is he an All Pro? No. Is he a Pro Bowler? Probably not. But like, think of how many kickers we had before him. I mean, we, has, we had like four a year. He's been he's been here now for like five or six years. He has been the band aid to what was otherwise a rotating door of kickers. And we had the best punter in the league. Tris Way is such a machine. Tress is such a machine. There was a one where we, where we got super duper backed up, and then eventually we um, and then he kicked it like with normalcy, like he was in the back of his end zone. Silks, so I think we got to like the four yard line. That was a sixty seven yard punt. If yeah. you watch it, the guy caught it legitimately at like his thirty three yard line, and Tressway was punting from way back in his own end zone. So if you really do the math, it's like seventy three yards. Tressway is a machine, man. That guy's a punting machine. I get very. Uh, I take as much personal offense to any as to anything about the Washington football team as when someone says like their team is the best punter. I'm like, don't you ever fucking say that. Tressway is the best punter in the league, right? He I, is the best punter. That's how I I know we don't got a lot to go on, but Tressway is another one of those. And I'm like, don't you ever like people used to like Johnny Hecker in uh, in in LA, and I'm like, yeah, he's he's fine. He's the second best punter in the, in the NFL. Good for him. But uh, you know, Tressway is a punting machine. I know I have no yeah, idea. He got, he got robbed of All Pro last year. He got robbed yeah. of being our first All Pro since Matt Turk. Um, God rest his soul. Um, Alex Smith. We'll touch on Alex Smith real quick. You know, it's funny. My dad is, um, my dad's a casual fan at best or something like that. Like, you know, he, he watches, he gets very emotionally into the game, but like he doesn't care in between the games what happens or doesn't really pay much attention to anything else. And he just, you know, in a silly dad-like question he asked me before the game, he goes, Alex Smith is still playing quarterback for us, right? He goes, he's going to be playing quarterback for us today. And I'm like, well, who else would it be? He's like, he's like it's not the other guy, right? And he met Dwayne Haskins. And, um, and I was like, no, Alex Smith's going to be our starter for the rest of the season. He's like, if Smith is playing, we got a chance today. I genuinely believe he's like, Washington's hot. And like, my dad knows the Steelers are 11 and no, he, you know, he keeps an eye at least a little bit that much. And like, but it's funny, Smith is never going to win on style points. He's a very dink and dunk quarterback. We know that. But the thing was, Pittsburgh couldn't do anything today to rattle Alex Smith. Whether it was all the blitzes that they did, like, because they did bring some interesting delayed blitzes and a couple of different looks to mess with the offensive line at the beginning of the game. And it's one of those things where between his experience and just kind of knowing where to get the football as a result of all that knowledge, he's going to be a cool and calm customer throughout. He's never going to be, you know, Patrick Mahomes whipping 67 yard passes down the field like it's nothing. But like, if you want someone who just shows a mastery of the, of the quarterback position in so many ways or just make the right decisions, albeit that interception habit he has is a little bit frustrating. Um, Alex Smith is a guy and uh, he almost makes you stop thinking about the fact that Washington needs to have a long-term answer quarterback. Cause you're like, why can't I just roll with this guy? I mean, we, yeah, we, we do need a long-term answer. Regardless of what you think about Alex Smith, he's 36 and he's got one leg, uh, but he's a winner. Um, I was just scrolling through Twitter to find the tweet that I love. I can't find it right now, but if you go back to Snyder buys a team in 98 and his first season as owner is 99. And he basically tells Norv, win or you're fired. Brad Johnson goes out and goes 10 and six. Uh, I think this is why I wish I could find the tweet. I think Alex Smith is the first quarterback since Brad Johnson to have a winning record. Uh, as a starting quarterback for the Redskins, you know, playing at least 10 games or something. He's now started 14 games for the Skins, and we're 9-5 and five in those starts. Uh, dude, he's a winner. Like, I had a, it's so – the reason I like the tweet is they talk – they're like, we don't really understand why. He doesn't do anything that jumps off the screen. You know, you can say, oh, he's a game manager, but then, like, his game managing is no different than what basically John Beck did. Right. 
Uh, although he, I mean, he had the balls to throw deep to Cam Sims in a very critical third down situation, which was awesome. But I mean, this dude just wins. He he had nearly 300 yards today. Um, he runs the offense. All the players. Every time you listen to like Kime interview a player or you hear like Chase Young talk to the media or something, they all say the same exact thing. If I don't know what's going on, Alex just tells me what to do. If like we have six penalties in a row and it shits just haywire, they all look at Smith and it's like ho hum, nothing changes. We're gonna pick up five yards here and move the move the ball down the field. He had that really bad pick to um, Smith last week against the Cowboys. Yep, the Jalen Smith one. Um, and sure, he had he had those picks when he came out. You know, hadn't played since whenever, but. He's back to his, like, I'm going to take care of the ball. I'm going to give what the defense gives me. Uh, this offense is, like, tailor-made for him because we are so built around our running backs, and they're good at receiving the ball. Uh, and as a result, now I'm like, well, damn, I wish we started in week one, uh, which is, like, a thing four weeks ago I never would have said because I was all on board giving Dwayne all 16 starts. I also didn't even want Alex Smith on our team. And now I'm looking at next year like, hey, Maybe we roll with Alex and draft a quarterback and, you know, try to try to pull off the Chiefs thing. Um, I mean, if Smith gets us into the playoffs, I mean, good Lord. Also, Fox kind of pissed me off when they opened up with the uh, who's going to win comeback player of the year award and they're showing Big Ben with his arm. I was like, dude, I was like, Alex Smith what? legitimately I, I had no that. leg. I'm like, right, like – how how Alex uh, Ben Roethlisberger's Tommy John surgery didn't cost him his life nearly, right? It was not life threatening. Also, Tommy John surgery happens in baseball every single day. Right. It's I it's mean, not, it's, it's not it's it's a common athlete. It hasn't almost become preemptive at some point that they're doing preemptive Tommy John surgery where they're like because we know I don't think blow it's it preemptive, but I do believe it's like let's be cautious, let's do the Tommy John now because at some point it'll blow. Right. That's like. Like when a pitcher is going to have like, con- you know, continuous elbow pain, they're like, well, maybe we should just do the Tommy John. Right. Uh, there is no, hey, let's do 17 surgeries. Put your leg up there, make it look like it's in a butcher shop. Right. Oh, and or like way, a, you- a, a legitimately like a freak show. Like it looked like rotten sausage encasing. In- in yeah. Right. And we're it's so bad. We're going to send you to like the military recovery base, which no athlete's ever been to. Like, come on, give me a break. This dude's right. three and one as a starter. And as we said, has forget in a thick up playoff race. Forget giving him the award. Rename the award in his honor. That's how much Seriously. he deserves it. Seriously. Uh, and you got about Ben Roethlisberger and his Tommy John surgery. Yeah, I mean, like the, his best throw today was his touchdown pass to Thomas, uh, which was twenty yards in the uh, uh, out and up r- r- route that Thomas ran. I mean, go watch that. I mean. You watch it and you're like, oh, it's a ho-hum throw. Every quarterback in the league should make that. But he gets destroyed by Watt right when he releases that ball. Think about how much he got pounded in the first half. Like, Pittsburgh was unrelenting in terms of bringing the house on him because they knew, as you said earlier, Smith is a statue and he can't really move anywhere. And they're like, you know what? We're just going to pound you all game long and we're going to make you get happy feet. Smith never got happy feet. Most quarterbacks will. Tom fucking Brady got happy feet in the Super Bowl where the Giants pounded him when they were undefeated, right? Tom Brady started to get happy feet and started to get a little itchy in his pitch count or in his and how fast he was delivering the ball. Smith got better after the, after the Steelers were teeing off on him all first half. Even after the teeing off on him parts of the second half and they were still bringing pressure when Wes Martin was in the game and he was getting guys, you know, put in his lap. Even then, Smith was cool, collected, and he made the plays. He delivered the perfect pass to Cam Sims. Sims dropped it, not slamming for him. That's just a fact. But th- at the same time, the throws were there. How many passes did Skins receivers drop tonight? Steven, Smith, Steven Sims had at least two or three drop passes. And I Pittsburgh know- dropped a lot, too. They dropped a ton, a ton. Juju had at least two negligent drops. Deontay Johnson had at least two terrible drops. Like, there, there was a cut, Ebron. Ebron is he's a a classic 50-50. He is a body beautiful tight end. He's athletic. He's fast. He'll make make the Olympic level catch that like you'll never see ever again and he'll drop five more routine runs ever again. I've never liked Eric Ebron. Like I recognize he's a physical talent but that guy can't catch the ball. He's got to have pregame like bacon grease routine as a as a hand moisturizer before the game because like I don't understand how you can drop that many passes. That guy's never one good season. Moose Moose actually alluded to this 
uh, which when the, when the throw happened, I was like, come on, Alex has made better throws than that. But Alex threw the ball, I think it was, <clears throat> I think it was 17-17. Maybe it's 17-10. It's late in the game. We're either driving to tie it or driving to take the lead. And Smith is backpedaling, falling down, getting hit, throws across the field and hits McKissick in stride for uh, for nine yards. Uh, and I think they actually ended up giving us the first down. It was the field goal drive. It's the, it's the drive to put us up 2017. And, like, when it happened, I was like, oh, that's a ho-hum throw. But when they slowed it down, I was like, damn. Didn't realize, like, Alex had the arm strength to get the ball there. And with the type of accuracy he did, I mean, he, that ball is in full stride, hits McKissick right here, he tucks and runs for the first down. It's little things. I don't get it. But, like, he's not going to wow anybody. But he's – I mean, he's won everywhere he's been. My favorite throw is still the Logan Thomas one where he drops in the bucket between two Steelers defenders and we get the ball right at the two-yard line. That leads to the par- the Barber touchdown on like five plays later or whatever after we get the first down there too. Like He almost that, hit Sims on a similar uh, route early, but the Steeler guy just got it. The one where it was also like – the one I think right after I said like we need a shot downfield when Joe Hayden went out and I was like we need to, we need to get a shot play right here. Like I think S- Smith got hit otherwise because that, that ball kind of died. It died in the air. <laughs> The one that they were attacking, I think it was, it was to Sims. Um, he had one throw in our end zone where a buddy of mine texted me as Smith drunk because I don't know what he was doing. I don't know if it was a check down. I, I was one of the worst throws I've ever seen. He just threw it in the ground. But he wins. Nine and five. And now we got now we got San Fran with Kyle, with Reed, with Trent. I mean, and it's in Arizona. Okay, so before we get into the, the 49ers game and we talk about this, I'm just going to go ahead and I'm going to get this off my chest right now. Um, I'm usually the Eeyore. I'm usually the pessimist. I'm usually the one saying how the sky is falling and, like, we should always expect the worst. Uh, my friend calls it, like, you know, wounded animal syndrome. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and say it right now. Washington's running the table. Oh! Running the table. I believe it. Wow. I'm just going to go ahead and put it out there. Um, that puts us at nine and seven? Nine right? and seven. Uh, we're playing. Uh, we're playing a beat up 49ers team. I know Kyle's going to come out amped up. I know Trent Williams is going to come out amped up. You know what? So are we. Short week. I get it. Kyle's, um, Kyle's not going to recognize this this football team. With all due respect to your misses, who seems like a lovely person in many ways, we're going to beat that ass when it comes to comes to the Seahawks because they have been slumping as of lately. Uh, they are not the Seahawks from the first half of the season. I recognize that they still got Russ. I recognize they still got DK Metcalf. Um, you know what? Still think we're going to beat them because their defense also can't stop anyone and is just horrifically, horribly erratic. Um, Carolina is a better than you to think bad team. They're a good, bad football team. I think that's okay. I still think we're going to beat them. And the Eagles are trash. They're just hot, smelly, stinky garbage. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Jalen Hurts is not a quarterback. Jalen Hurts sucks. Jalen Hurts was not the best quarterback in Atlanta. Jalen Hurts was a, a product of the gimmick system at Oklahoma. And Jalen, Smurthus, Jalen Hurts is not an NFL quarterback. And I can't wait for Philadelphia to have to wait two years to find that out and have to endure all those growing pains. Jalen Hurts is not a good quarterback. Sorry. I'm well, they're going to have to, they're gonna have to wait to figure out while Wentz sits on the bench Taking up that, that train is already sitting. Cap room. That, I know. Yeah, still, yeah. He's still going to. He's still going to be sitting on those books, which is great. Good cap management by them. Good job. Regardless, um, fifty million for one player. That's absurd. Can't wait for the, all the Doug Peterson hot seat uh, rumors to you know linger over that team all of next year. And I said it right when it happened. I'll say it once again. This 2017 Eagles team that won the Super Bowl that was Frank Reich. That was not Doug Peterson. Well, Frank Reich's got. The Colts humming along. Yeah. Um, with freaking Philip Rivers and Tony Brissett coming in for short yardage. Um, the point being, uh, we're running the table. Yeah. So, running the table, that's pretty, uh, that's bold. Um, I'm not going to say we're going to run the table, uh, although we've done it before, multiple times in our lifetime. And in fact, the only time we ever go to the playoffs, we seem to get hot in the last four or five weeks of the year. In the years that we sweep the Cowboys. In the years we sweep the Cowboys. Um, Damn, that Seahawks game is going to be loser leaves town for me. Um, where shit, I feel like we're going to beat both those teams. I feel like we're going to beat the Niners. I feel like we're going to beat the Hawks too. I do worry about the uh, Panthers, but do you really worry this, about I the think, Panthers? I think this. I think this team loves Ron, and That's what he's going to come in. He's going to come in that locker room and say, "We're going to fucking beat this team." Or don't you think the players are going to be like, "We know this is the team that did you dirty and pushed you out after you know." 
being there for so long and being such an instrumental part of that community. And like literally got so dusty in the room when the Panthers players found out that they fired Ron. You don't think that like him wanting to beat yeah. that team is going to be a thing? We win those we win those three games and there's a world where we're resting starters against the Eagles. Uh which Yeah. Cause it could because we might be winning the division at eight and eight. That's that's wild to think about. Then we get to see Dwayne. Let's go. Uh, or no, maybe maybe we roll out uh, Montez. Uh, what's his What's his name? Steven Montez. Like, Steven Montez. Or maybe we bring out Taylor Hinky from ODU. Shout out to Norfolk. Um, or Heineke, whatever his fucking name is. I don't know. Uh, uh, he's our he's our quarantine quarterback. Look out. Um, so I think, oh man, I kind of agree with you, but I I've been snake bitten too many times. Um, fuck it, I'm on board. I, I don't see like there's the Kool-Aid tastes good after beating a Hall of Fame quarterback um, on his home turf on Monday night uh, when they're undefeated. The Shanahan game scares me a little uh, just because Shanahan's not going to forget that grudge. Trent's going to be really fired up for that game. Um, their but it defense is, is better than we realize. That's the thing I worry about. It's good. But their defense isn't better in Pittsburgh. Exactly, right? That's kind of what gives me comfort that, like, okay, their defense is good. Um, their front seven has taken a step back from where it was last year. Obviously, there's no Nick Bosa. Um, there's no, uh, what's his name? DeForest Buckner's obviously in Indianapolis. Um, but, you know, they're still playing well. Their back seven is still pretty good. Fred Wagner is awesome at linebacker. Richard Sherman's back on the lineup. They're, they're playing quite well in the back seven. Um, it's not like it's a short it's a short week for them too which i think should not be overlooked not to mention the crazy ass circumstance that they're living in in general and i think if they lose tonight they're they're not eliminated from the playoffs but like their their path to the playoffs really shrinks yeah they, it's a wild card um, or nothing for them after that because they're all they'll be well behind um seattle and arizona in the division in fact our win tonight only puts us a game out of the wild card i think isn't Aren't the Vikings in at six and six? It's something wild. I I think so. Yeah, it's it's rather. But we don't have we don't have tiebreakers over the the Cardinals, uh, and the Giants. Fuck the Giants. I know. Fuck the Giants. That two point conversion. I would do it again. So would I. Uh, I, And I'm and I'm glad we did it. But man, does it haunt me because we should have beat them twice and we lost them twice. Uh, now we're talk- still hanging on 12th with this ugly ass tie between Chicago, Detroit, and then San Francisco. If they lose tonight, then we're in like a big dogfight pile up with them. Um, it's six. It's six is Tampa Bay, seven is Minnesota, and eight is Arizona. So seven is Minnesota. So they're is in Minnesota. at six. They're in at six and six. No, they're a game back. Tampa's at Tampa's the sixth seed right now at seven and five. But there's seven teams that make the playoffs. Oh right, I forgot about that. I forgot about that thing. So in theory, we're only a game out of wild card. We are doing a play-in, right? That's what it is? No, it's only one team gets a bye and then six games or six teams play. Is that what we're doing? Are we doing that this year? Yeah. Like we, there's, a, there's a world where we get hot, get to the end of the year, and we're playing for a freaking uh, wild card. Yeah, because we'll be in the, if we if we are do run the table, we're we're we the wild the table, card we're eight and we're eight and, set, we're an eight and seven going to that last game. Realistically, at that point, if we win our next three, we probably win the division. Uh, but the Giants are also playing really well. In fact, the Giants just won with Alfred Morris and Colt McCoy. Giants still got uh, Ari- they got Arizona, Cleveland, and don't fuck with Cleveland right now. Arizona, Cleveland, and Baltimore in their next three. That's not fun. No, it's not. Um, all right, so I'm I'm on board. I'm I'm gonna, I don't see a team beating us either. Granted, we could also go on board. <laughs> uh, I think I'm we, still I saying think worst case scenario is one and three. I, I have a really hard time unless the Eagles come in because I I genuinely believe the Eagles have nothing to play for, and I believe they're going to say this is the season from hell, and that's the game where like you know in the NBA in the NBA they joke that when a team is down like three nothing in the playoffs, um, they all you hear during the game is them making their vacation plans. Like I believe that's going to be a vacation plan game for them. They're kind of like we need to get the fuck out of here. Let's just finish this game and get out. Um, Jalen Hurts going to be the only player who's going to give a shit in that game, and um, otherwise. Yeah, I think that's the only game. If in a worst case scenario we finish one and three, we take that one. So that, there's our six wins right there. The only the, so the Niners are actually the team I think I worry about the most, just because of Kyle. Um, regardless of of if he's holding, or still holds a grudge against us or not, he's just such a great coach that he's going to make it hard. And the way the Niners operate is a weakness of ours. That's I think an overrated thing for tonight. The the 
Steelers just don't throw to their running backs at all. And Ebron bailed us out because he kept dropping balls. So basically neutralized our linebackers, which is a big win, <laughs> big win for us. Uh, I mean, did you see KPL try to sack Big Ben today? Unbelievable. <laughs> he just went. Swift right by him. Went right by him. The Niners are going to attack our linebackers all game long. Now, the advantage is they have Dick Mullins back there. Uh, and I don't know how good their line is outside of Trent, but our D-line should hold up in theory. Um, so I'll, I'll take us to beat the Niners. I think we'll run – I like the idea of us running the table. Uh, I just don't – like, it's a really good feeling knowing we can win every game. Speaking of our linebackers, you know who they're going to have to mess with next Sunday? Your good friend Jordan Reed. Yeah, like another, he probably will torment us. I believe so. If there's a player that's going to torment us on San Francisco, I believe it's him. Jordan Reed and is one know, of those I still believe that they got away. I love that guy. He's you, you, know they're scheme, you know they're going to scheme. You know Kyle's going to scheme for him. Oh, absolutely. He is I mean, that spiteful. He is that spiteful. The, the um, I mean, the guys that they worry did a little just bit, beat the Rams too. Yeah, um, the Rams are so up and down because of their quarterback. I don't, I don't put anything like I don't put any credence in their losses because it's like they can lose to anybody and they can beat anybody. They're legitimately that team. I can see you can tell me they'll beat anybody and I'll be like, yeah, I buy it. And they lose to anybody. I'm like, yeah, I probably buy that too. Um, the guys that worry me the most actually on San Francisco are the receivers, particularly Brandon Ayuk and Debo, because uh, they're big play guys. Big and, we, sweet. and we still tend to get beat over the top. Like that's one underrated facet of tonight that we don't want to talk about that like we because Ben doesn't really throw the ball deep anymore um we didn't get challenged over the top and like Amari Cooper beat us over the top um the Bengals took shots against us the Giants took shots against us so you know there are those opportunities and I think Kyle will definitely take shots against us and Nick Mullins like Mullins is not the starting quarterback Nick Mullins is not that much of a drop off from Jimmy Garoppolo yeah as as I mean I still think we're gonna win and in, in a weird world, it's not something we're used to. I feel comfortable knowing Del Rio will find a way to not necessarily match Kyle, but limit Kyle. Because, um, like, our defensive schemes for pretty much every game have been pretty good. I know you didn't like the Cincinnati game where they just dinked and dunked all the way down the field against us. Yeah. Um, That's the only but, game I felt like we won when we shouldn't have won, the Cincinnati. Yeah. But I just, like – yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I, the Seahawks look so bad, we might crush them. That's kind of how I feel. It's one of those things. Um, it was Warren Sharp. Shout out to Warren Sharp. He's amazing with this stuff. But he made this point. I think it was him. I don't, I don't want to miscredit if it's not him. But he's like, ever since Tyler Lockett's been dinged up over there, like he's this weird key to their offense. And like when he's really banged up, which he has been over the last X number of weeks, you can start to see this market decline. And then the Seahawks very quietly are also one of those teams where the second half of the year, I think it's the last couple of years, they kind of fall off a cliff. Like first eight games of the year, Russell Wilson is like unbelievable. And like, then he kind of starts to taper off over the course of the second half of the year. Um, and their defense, I mean, their defense is bad. It's just bad. And like, that's the, the thing that gives terrible. me hope. Like they, um, that there's no good matchup for them against us in that regard. I think we can ball control and still keep Russ off the field to a large extent. Yeah, I agree. Um, DK scares also, the living shit out of me. I'll be the I've first watched, one to tell I've watched that. a lot of Seahawks games this year. Yep. Um, probably in the, almost all of them at this point. Uh, also, speaking of down. Fuck you, Fox. I had to stream the game tonight because it wasn't on national television. And I didn't know that until like 10 minutes before game time. I didn't find that I out until like, it was like 3.30 as well, yeah. Or some, some was, absurd time like that. I was so mad. Because uh, I'm – look, I stream games. I pay for it. It's fine. But you're still 45 seconds behind. Um, anyway, uh, DK is going to get his. Like, you just chalk that up. He's a freak of nature. Um but there's literally nobody else in that team that can fuck with our defense. Our D lines can push that line They're around like no one's business. They're not good. Uh, and Russ going to have to move around a ton now. Granted, he'll probably get his because he's good for a couple like sick plays again. I know he played terrible against the Giants, but you got to expect him to play better. Of course. Um, their defense is <laughs> their defense is actually terrible. And uh, so my brother-in-law is a massive football fan was really pissed off the Seahawks because basically the Giants, I guess, played uh, cover two like the entire game. They just had two guys back there, said, you're not going to throw deep on us, and we're going to let our D-line get to to Russ to cause havoc, and that's exactly what happened, which is probably exactly what we're going to do because if Russ has one fault, it's he holds the ball for a very long time. 
Yes. And relies on his ability to get his kid pocket, sneak around. He's not going to be able to do that with Sweat running a 4-4 and Young just being an absolute monster. That's the one thing about Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers is that they have the, they have the what I call the fuck your couch mentality of playing of your offensive scheme. And like, look, it doesn't really matter. I'm just going to play the Sandlot style and I'm going to make shit happen because I can get away with that and I can do it, right? Like, they're like, your scheme is cute. I'm just a man. I can transcend it and I'm going to do my thing. And Russ is very much like that. But it's entirely different, exactly to your point, when you got Montez Sweat and Chase Young chasing you, no pun intended. Yeah. So, holy hell. What a night. Where we've been at, where were we three or four weeks ago? And now we're talking about nine and seven. Yeah. We were talking about well, legitimately top five pick. And now we're talking about nine and seven. Legitimately. Yeah. What a, it would be, a, it'd be kind of cool for the NFC East to be like, screw you. We got in with a winning record. Right. Regardless, like I want it to be us obviously, but I think the, the jokes about the NFC East will still, still continue to come because both teams are five and eight, but you're looking at two road wins uh, in Seattle and Pittsburgh. Uh, I don't care. No, Seattle's here. At it. No, I'm talking about the Giants win over oh, right, 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 Seattle yeah. and then us beating Pittsburgh. I don't care how you chalk it up. Those are two big wins for any division. And, like, I'm telling you right now, no team wants to see our defense. Uh, and if Alice can hold down that offense, 9-7 and seven home, home playoff game against what probably would be the Seahawks. Probably Seattle. That's exactly what I'm looking yeah. at right now. That's just scary to think about. <laughs> We got a home field playoff game at fucking FedEx. Yeah. Oh, my God. Have we ever won a home playoff game with Dan? We beat the Lions, I think, Lions with Gus Rod. in 99. The Lions started Gus Rod. They started Gus Rod. The Lions started Gus Rod. We started old Brad Bradley. Johnson. Yeah. Albert Connell, Michael Westbrook, Jamie Asher. God, Larry Sanders. Larry Sanders. Yeah. Stephen Davis had a Tr- monster that was, year. Was Trey Johnson on that team? Trey Johnson was on that team year before. You remember, I'll give you a thousand fictional dollars if you can remember who the left tackle was on that team because it was not Chris Samuels. I don't think anybody uh, will remember this. On the 99 Skins team? The 99 Skins team, who was the left tackle? Because we drafted Samuels second 2000. overall in 2000 with LeVar third, third overall. Other way. I flipped off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I have, no, I have no idea. It was Andy Heck. The longtime Seattle Seahawks left tackle for like forever. And it was like his last year and he finished out in Washington. It was Andy Heck was the left tackle. That center, that line was um, Andy Heck, uh, Trey Johnson. No, Andy Heck. I can't remember who the left guard was. Casey Raybach, uh, Trey Johnson, and John Jansen. That offensive line right there. Yeah, John Jansen, was, John Jansen was good. One of my favorite all-time Redskins. One uh, of my favorite all-time ones. Casey Raybach was the center on that team? Casey Raybach was the center of that team. I cannot remember who the left guard was at that time. Now that's going to bug me. I'm going to go look that up. But it was um, – it was, it was, I know it, we were slinging the rock to Albert Connell. I think Leslie Shepard was on that team. Uh, and I think Connell and Westbrook both went for 1,000 on that, on that they, team. Yeah, they, they did. Uh, First 4K in, yards team, I think, that the Redskins had and that I could remember. Because even Rip didn't have 4K in, um, in the 91 season. I think finished with like 3,800 that year. I know uh, – we can leave it at this because I feel like we talk about the 99 team a lot. That's how bad we've been for so long. The uh, I remember coming into that season, we played Dallas and just butchered that first game. We were up like a bunch, and then yeah, it came crashing beat. down. Rocking this mile. Uh, because we also, foreshadowing, couldn't get the snap down for a field goal, uh, which might be it still to this day is too soon for me. Uh, but we came into that season with what I thought was going to be Skip Hicks as our starter. Uh, and it ended up being Stephen Davis, and he had over a thousand yards. We did talk about that. It was because ninety-eight Skip Hicks was really, really good. So yes, that's accurate. Yep. I was broken when we traded Trent Trent Green. I thought Trent Green was the guy, and then we tried, we got Brad Johnson. I was like, oh, this is interesting. Let's let's roll with this guy. Oh, and you were uh, right. Trent Trent was pretty good. Yeah, I really like Trent. That's like that's that's that stretch. Then he, then he tore his knee up and paved way to the one true great quarterback, Kurt Warner. Do you remember Mike Martz was the quarterbacks coach in 98 in Washington? Yeah. And then he went on. Did he? No, he was the offensive coordinator. Offensive coordinator. Vermeil was the head coach. Yeah. Offensive yeah. coordinator over there. I mean, he went, that's why one of the big reasons why, why he, he was the one pulling for Trent to come over. They didn't know who Kurt Warner was. They were like, this guy, yeah. was a grocery bear. No one did. Right. And Literally. We were, like, I, we were like, we'll be all right with him. We're going to go get Jeff George. Oh, Jeff George. Oh, George, Jeff. God. 
I remember somebody, one of the DC, I think it was Thomas Boswell used to call him those. What did they call him? Call him this? He used to call him George Jeff. Maybe it was Kornheiser. It was Kornheiser, I think it was. And then um, a year later, he's benched for Tony Banks. I mean, God. And, and the rotating door, thus begins <laughs> the rotating door. <laughs> and it starts. Oh, man, we will leave. We can joke about this because we're leaving on such an optimistic note after the win over the Steelers. Um, just incredible win. Go team. Go, go football team. Go football team. Just amazing stuff. Um, thank yeah. you for everyone uh, who's still up at this hour, although you're not listening to us live, obviously, but you'll be listening to us tomorrow, this being Monday night, tomorrow being Tuesday, obviously. Uh, thank you so much for everyone who always listens. Make sure you subscribe to us on the usual channels, and uh, we'll just leave it and we'll talk to you later. Thank you for listening to the Hail to the District podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts.